April 17, 2020, and this is Paul Gerstein, uh, picking up from the uh, talk that I gave a week ago. Uh, we started with a discussion of the COVID-19 pandemic and its uh, radical change of our uh, experience of the world and of our day-to-day -day lives. Um, we brought up a koan or a teaching story in Zen that is very simple and goes like this. Stop the sound of the distant temple bell. We also mentioned other forms of this question. From where you are, stop the sailboat out on the water. Or stop the sound of the waterfall. So we explored what it means to stop in these contexts. Uh, obviously, uh, we can't stop a sailboat that's five or six hundred feet away. We can't stop a distant temple bell. And we can't stop the sound of a waterfall unless we were to plug our ears, which is not the answer to this koan or the demonstration of the meaning of this koan. So it's a different kind of stopping, and we went into that. Now, in determining uh, how to stop in the sense of the koan, we talked about the word meaning or what something means and uh, ended up with uh, what is the meaning of a particular sensation. So we could look at that as saying our actual life is a fabric of, a uh, sequence of, a, um, an ocean of sensation, moment after moment after moment. And we can take any sensation and apply an ordinary sense of meaning to it. In other words, what is the name of this thing that I am feeling, smelling, tasting, whatever it might be. How does it affect me? How does it compare to what I know? What action should I immediately take, etc., etc.? These are very, very important uh, understandings, and human beings are very good at uh, making snap assessments of a sensation in order to respond and uh, maintain one's physical integrity talked about a semi-trailer coming by and knowing not to step in the street when one hears simply the sound of a rumble coming from the right. But there's a different sense of meaning when we approach this con of stopping, stop the sound of the distant temple bell. One might also add here, how do I stop the pandemic? What kind of stopping is this? And what kind of meaning are we talking about here? So a piece of homework uh, that we took up was feeling a sensation such as your hand on uh, the arm of your chair or your hands on a steering wheel when you're driving and asking yourself, what does this mean? What does this mean? Now, 
the sense of this word mean is what overarching fact, reality, truth, is this sensation or any sensation pointing at? What is the commonality to which any particular sensation points at? And then uh, to answer this question, let's just give it an answer and not puzzle over too much. When we use this sense of the word mean, we're saying what this sensation means is that it is and nothing more. That it is. In other words, it's sheer fact. Or one could say that it appears, which is more intimate. To say something is uh, can suggest that it has its own separate being apart from you, that it stands alone on its own, or uh, as the word exist implies, to ex meaning outside, ist Latin for to stand. So when we say something exists, we say it stands outside. But when we say it appears, that can't be outside. It can only appear to me. It can only appear in my deepest center, wherever that might be and whatever that might be. So appearance is intimate. Appearance is experiential. Appearance is what we might call reality. So when we start with a sensation, we are in reality. And when we ask what it means, our answer is, its most profound, most true, most intimate meaning is that it appears. That it appears. Now, when we go back to the question, stop the sound of the distant temple bell, we can get into this wavelength of that sound, bong, and know while we experience the sound, that it appears. Remember, we talked about the analogy of a television being a rectangle, which is lit up and has flashes of color and movement and also sound. And at the same time, without that knowledge, that sensory experience impinging or inhibiting uh, in any way, one's recognition of a story happening, of events occurring, of meaning to those events, and getting drawn into the emotions of those events, uh, what we call uh, watching television. So watching television is both getting drawn into the meanings of these changing colors on a rectangular screen, and the sensation, too. One does not impede the other. But in a kind of opposite direction, the sensation of that television does not impede one's knowledge that it appears. And when one can hold both in one's mind, which one actually is always doing, perhaps not uh, knowingly, uh, one begins to sense that behind the ever-changing sensations of our moment-to-moment -moment life, there's something unchanging, silent, 
that has no particularities. So we could say it has no particular count, sound, color, taste, touch, uh, thought. Um, that it doesn't have those particularities, but it is. It appears. So what is this thing that appears uh, inseparably from the particularities of a sensation? Now we're getting closer to this uh, action of stopping the sound of the distant temple bell. Okay. So if one were able to suddenly apperceive this kind of stopping, one would, in uh, the terminology of Zen Buddhism, have an experience of what we call awakening. Now, what is this awakening? It's very easy to uh, take this notion of awakening or enlightenment or kensho, as it's uh, used in Japanese Zen, to be something so difficult, so lofty, so spectacular. Some people call it a cosmic orgasm. Uh, to turn it into some overwhelming emotional thing uh, without which one hasn't really awakened. And uh, because this kind of emotional experience can't be held onto and is difficult to uh, achieve when one is comparing it to stories of awakening that are easily found in all sorts of Zen literature. It's easy to say, I've never had awakening, I can't get to awakening, I must lack something. So what I'm pointing at here is the awakening that you are already, that is intrinsic it's intrinsic to reality. It's intrinsic to the reality of each and every actual sensation, that the sensation appears. And simply knowing that is what I call awakening. So awakening is waking up to the fact that things appear, meaning that things are in one's deepest center and inseparable from one because appearance is intimate. So there's a saying in Zen, it's actually a part of the commentary on the very first koan in the collection of 48 koan called the Mumon Khan or the Gateless Gate. This is perhaps the most famous, uh, at least in the West, collection of Zen koan. And in the very first of these uh, 48 koan, in the commentary, uh, it's described while working on this uh, particular koan called mu, M-U. Uh, it's like a person drinking water. Only they know for themselves whether it's hot or cold. So it's pointing at this kind of intimacy. When you drink water, you know whether it's hot or cold. In other words, you know the actual sensation. And no one else knows that. Only you know it. In other words, the sensation is yours alone. So it's this kind of intimacy. And when one enters this intimacy with anything, 
any sensation, any reality, actuality, one is in a sense stopping that, stopping it. We're stopping our stuckness in some set of particularities. We're understanding that every set of particularities and that any particularity has a commonality, something that has no particularity, no particular sound, color, smell, taste, touch, thought. So, let's return now to this homework uh, that we were working on. Feel your hand on the arm of the chair and feel now, be very attentive to the actual sensation. You feel it? Now ask yourself intently and with all seriousness, what does this mean? Now for a moment, the mind is taken aback. Say, what do you mean? What does it mean? How can I give a meaning to just a sensation? Well, I can say it means that I, my hand's on the arm of a chair. No, I'm not talking about that. Let go of that. That's what we might call an arbitrary meaning based on what you've learned and your past experience with chairs and your ability to speak English and give words to sensations. Let's leave that aside. What is its true meaning, its actual meaning? What is the overarching truth with a capital T towards which this sensation is pointing? And one can say now, without making it any more esoteric than it needs to be, what this means is that it is. What this means is that it is. It's fact that it appears. So now we see the progression from what things mean in the ordinary sense to as they are, the sensation in each moment, to that they are. Not just the sensation, but the fact, the fact of the sensation. Let me give you an example of this from the Bible. Um, Moses was wandering in the desert, and uh, he encountered God and asked God, uh, what is your name? And God answered, I am that I am. Yahweh is the uh, Aramaic, perhaps, word, Yahweh. It means, I am that I am. I am the fact of amness. So this is awakening as seen through the Old Testament. So awakening is waking up to one's awakenedness. I'll say that again. Awakening is waking up. In other words, becoming aware of one's awakenedness aware of one's knowingness, aware that the world of sensations is, appears. Therefore, it is of the nature of knowing.
So this is an awakening that one doesn't need to achieve, attain, cultivate, so much as intuitively see directly. In other words, it's intrinsic. It's our birthright. Therefore, it's not an achievement in the ordinary sense of the word. And that in coming to awakening, we're simply becoming aware of that which we always are and have always been. So, with this in mind, let's go back again to the koan, Stop the Sound of the Distant Temple Bell. Can you hear the sound and stop the sound? Can you hear the actual sound? And also, and I'll put quotes around the word here, can you hear or perceive the essence of this hearing, which is silence? So hearing occurs in the setting of silence. Hearing occurs because there is silence. Because there is a fundamental no sound can a sound appear. So one might say that no sound is the space within which the possibility of sound may appear. It's the space within which the possibility of sound may appear. And since at any time, since the very beginning, there has been a sound, because right now I hear bong. That space, in other words, the potential for sound, has to be, has to be. Now we would say, oh, there's nothing to that. You're just making up a story about a potential. All there is is sound. True. But is it possible to hear that sound and not be attached to that sound? To let that sound come and go? And understand that although the sound comes and goes and changes, there's an unchanging foundation. In other words, the sound appears. It appears because it's known in your deepest center. In other words, you're knowing the sound, or what you might say, you're hearing the sound. And the fact of the sound, its presence, are not separate. They're one thing. Now it's very important uh, when examining this that one actually does it, not just understand it. If you understand it, it immediately becomes the kind of meaning that is made up of thoughts and comparisons. If one experiences it, or in terms of Zen, practices this awareness, then it becomes a reality, not an ordinary meaning. So how does one practice it? Well, there's a word in Zen practice, just, J-U-S-T, just. You could even capitalize that word, just. So when there's the sound of a distant temple bell, it's just bong. 
There's no distant temple bell. There's no me. There's no hearing. It's just. It's fact. And it's particularities are melded together. You might say that the fact of bong is melted into, dissolved into the sound. And because one does not impinge on the other, one can simultaneously know the particularities of that sound and know its essential appearance at the same time. This is another sense of stopping. Stopping the mind flitting from one connection to the next, one interpretation to the next, one meaning to the next. So how does one do this with a pandemic? Well, what is a pandemic? Let's follow that same progression of what it means to as it is to that it is. So a pandemic is a worldwide epidemic. It's a worldwide epidemic due to an infective agent. And uh, to call it a pandemic, it has to have some significance. It has to impart some harm or pain or suffering, which this particular pandemic definitely does. And we can compare this pandemic to the one in 1918, the so-called Spanish flu. We can compare this pandemic to the time before the pandemic started, when life seemed, in quotes, normal, and now seems so abnormal. And now uh, there is the sense, the conviction, that we can never get back to the way things were, that we are somehow entering what we call a new normal, which doesn't feel normal. Maybe a year from now it'll feel normal, but it definitely doesn't feel normal now. So that's what the pandemic means. But what is it? So when I ask that question, the only way to answer it is to examine directly, to look directly, to feel directly. So one feels one's anxiety. One feels one's worry. One feels one's concern. One feels the pain of separation due to social distancing. These are sensations. They're emotions which one feels. They're worries which one feels. They're thoughts which one experiences. And add to that, if you get the virus, there's the experience of being ill and what that feels like. And if you lose a friend or loved one to the virus, which at some point almost all of us will say we have, perhaps more than once, uh, that reality is a felt reality. So you can see now that when we ask, what is this pandemic? We can answer with something scientific and historical, which is its meaning. We can answer with its actual experienced reality in this moment, which is as it is. And now, because of our previous understanding and practice of stopping the sound of the distant temple bell, 
from where you are stopping the sailboat on the water. Understanding that this stopping is seeing the silent, no form, color, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought of the sheer appearance, the fact, the fact of the world, which underlies any particularities, which is unchanging and which is also what we might say is unborn. It didn't start. It doesn't end. It's continual and it's intrinsic and it's automatic. It's our birthright. It's not to be achieved. It's simply to be seen and recognized. So what is stopping the pandemic? Can one experience the sensations of being in the world presently, the uniqueness of each moment? and at the same time sees this unchanging fact, as God said to Moses, that I am, that it is. Okay, so we'll stop here and pick it up uh, next time.